COVID-19, definitely something that's uh, dominated our lives for well over a year. And last summer, uh, it's also been in the courts with some people filing lawsuits challenging Governor J.B. Pritzker's COVID-19 orders. Good morning. This is the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop at 740 in the capital city. You can contact me, bishoponair at gmail.com. Or you can also find me on all the social medias, Bishop on Air, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the like. So Friday, we talked with Greg Earl, uh, who's an attorney representing Foxfire Restaurant out of Geneva, and that case has all kinds of twists and turns where it was in Kane County. A Kane County judge said, yeah, you know what? Uh, I think they have a case here. Uh, but then the governor appealed that in the appellate court, uh, and then it uh, got lumped in with a bunch of other cases in Sangamon County. Uh, the next attorney we talk with, who we've talked with before uh, several times throughout the past seven, eight, nine months or so, is Thomas DeVore, uh, who had represented then-state representative Darren Bailey in a case against the governor that got a victory in Clay County Court, uh, but now he's representing Edgar County Watchdogs. And uh, Tom, thanks for taking time with us this morning on the WMAY Morning News Feed. You had also represented several other clients in that consolidation of all these cases that Foxfire was ultimately lumped into, uh, but uh, you're no longer representing some of those clients. What ultimately happened with some of those cases? You know, those cases were voluntarily non-suited, which means that the plaintiffs in those cases decided not to pursue those remedies because most of those remedies were duplicative with Foxfire, as you're aware. And, I, and I've talked to those men. They're, they're good men. But ultimately, Greg, we've all known that these cases are going to get resolved at the uh, appeal court and ultimately the Supreme Court. And for the last six to eight months, it just seemed every – Every case was getting consolidated into Sangamon County, and one judge, and up until about three weeks ago, uh, her mind was inclined for whatever, I'm not criticizing, to take the governor's position regardless of what arguments were made. And so most of the attorneys, me included, said, okay, you know, we don't need five of us fighting this fight when we kind of know which way it's going. Um, and... Ultimately, then that started changing about a month ago, which is an interesting conversation, but maybe not for today. But, you know, it's always been about the citizens for me. So uh, I went and, and I have a client now, two clients who you call them the Edgar County Watchdogs. They do own that business, but ultimately they're bringing this on behalf of citizens. But uh, the, the three count complaint that I've brought is bringing the main core bigger issues, uh, not specific necessarily to a particular business. Or, or any segment of the population. These are the main issues that are cover everybody across the state. Yeah, so the, the case that Foxfire has is pretty you know explicit just for the restaurant closure order that happened back in October uh, and the ramifications of that being a blanket order for uh, prohibiting indoor dining. Uh, but you're saying that your uh, lawsuit seek, seeking a, uh, a declaratory judgment against the governor uh, it goes much deeper than that. What What do you mean by that? And as far as are you looking at the school closures, mask mandates, the executive order after executive order for for well over a year, what what specifically are you attacking there? Yeah, those are the main things. I mean, if we get down into the weeds, like you said, you can talk about those various different executive. They're either an executive order directly at the citizens, or there's executive orders directing administrative agencies to take certain action. And then the three-count complaint really takes on the, the statutory construction, and it also takes on the constitutionality 
Illinois Constitution at this point, because we don't want the governor running off to federal court like he tried to do last time. This merely takes on the applicability of the Illinois Constitution, because there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever, uh, even Judge Grishow kind of, uh, again, at this point has mentioned it herself, which is obvious to any attorney that's being intellectually honest with themselves. This is by far uh, an excessive delegation of, the, of police and, and legislative power by the legislative branch of government. So we, we get into a little bit of whether the statute itself allows for the governor to bunny hop and create this fiction, this ruse of 30-day terminations and his disaster proclamations. Uh, I'm confident that the Supreme Court will say we're not going to let an executive play that game. But ultimately, it takes on the issue that's never been taken on directly in a case, Greg, of, okay, let's assume that the statute was drafted in such a way to allow the governor to play this ruse in this game. I'm confident they'll say it isn't, but let's say it is. Then the argument is, and I think it's an extremely valid argument, that the legislature itself excessively delegated its power, its legislative power, inappropriately, because you can't delegate legislative power really at all. But if you do on very limited basis, you have to give very specific, uh, you know, rules and processes of how that power gets wielded. Otherwise, the, the people have no due process. And that's what we've seen for the last year. These orders and these administrative bodies throwing out these rules and these orders with no processes in place whatsoever. I believe the Illinois Constitution says that's a violation of the separation of powers. And we're going to take that issue all the way to the Supreme Court. We're talking with Tom DeVore. He's an attorney. Uh, He's been involved in lawsuits against the governor uh, time and again uh, over the past year, uh, a little less than a year or so, when you filed the uh, the lawsuit against the governor on behalf of State Representative Darren Bailey. But you now have a new lawsuit uh, that was filed on behalf of John Kirk and uh, uh, John Kraft and Kirk Allen from Edgar County Watchdogs. Uh, so, you know, again, the three counts, I guess, is spell them out there. Uh, what, uh, what are these three counts that, uh, that you're seeking to have a, a declaratory judgment against the governor? Uh, you, you know, the three counts, and again, I, I, I hope you and I can get into them in great detail as time goes. But the first count is this, Greg, in, in, in summary fashion. The statute says in order for the governor to issue a disaster proclamation, there has to be a disaster, right? We all know that. And the disaster can be defined in a variety of different ways. But the governor said on at the beginning of March that the COVID-19 virus was a uh, either a pandemic or a public health emergency. And I, in this lawsuit, don't quibble with him on that. Then he puts a 30-day termination date in that first disaster proclamation to where it, that disaster expires in 30 days. There is no provision in the law that requires there to be a date in the disaster proclamation. It doesn't have to have one. And the governor puts one in there because he is aware that once he issues the disaster proclamation, that the emergency powers under Section 7 of the the statute give this broad legislative authority. And so when it terminates in 30 days, the governor issues another proclamation. Now, the statute says you have to have an occurrence or a threat that causes that proclamation to be issued. So on the second proclamation, when he issues the second one, and then you can use the same analysis all the way out to the 15th one, what requires that second, third, fourth, fifth proclamation to be issued? Is there a disaster, an occurrence, or threat on that date as defined by the statute? And the answer is no. 
The same COVID virus has existed all along since the first proclamation. The only reason that those serial proclamations ever had to be issued was because he put this artificial termination date in the first one. And he did that by device merely to re-energize these emergency powers. There was no other purpose for it whatsoever. And so our first count says that that does not meet the definition of a disaster because there is no new disaster on that second, third, fourth one. It's merely that termination, which was the occurrence that caused the next one. The second count is that the statute itself, it's kind of what uh, one of the things that Foxfire kind of argued, that the, the statute doesn't allow you to reissue proclamations in general to re-energize these powers. The second uh, appellate court says it's obvious that it does. I absolutely disagree with them. It's certainly not obvious if it does at all. So we're kind of going down the Mike McCainy path there that the statute cannot be interpreted to allow uh, that 30-day serial proclamation. And McCainy, and was, the the, McCainy was the Clay so County Court uh, judge, right? McCainy was the Clay County judge that ruled that back in July. And even Judge Grishow kind of, you know, subtly suggested that, that she's going to start taking a closer look at that herself, which I was uh, encouraged by. And then the third count that we've issued is goes to the constitutionality of this statute itself, Greg, which has never been done uh, and I've always had this argument, I just, the time never came to make it, and this, the constitutionality of the statute itself, because if you're going to delegate as a legislative branch of government your power, which is really not allowed in general at all, because you have the separation of powers, if you're going to delegate your legislative authority, you have to be very careful how you do that. You have to be very specific in the guidelines that you give, usually administrative bodies, for wielding that power. And if it becomes excessive, too much legislative grant, it's unconstitutional. And I absolutely believe that as the governor has wielded this Emergency Management Agency Act power, is unconstitutional because it's an excessive delegation. He's going to continue to run this state by executive fiat until when? He thinks that there's no disaster anymore? What if the COVID virus as we sit here today really is legitimately a disaster is defined under the statute. Again, I could question that with you, but let's not for this conversation. If that's true, then this statute would mean that the governor can rule this state absent the legislative body forever. And there's no way that our Constitution, again, as of right now, the Illinois Constitution, but the federal court could be involved necessarily if they had to down the road. But the Illinois Constitution should be sufficient to say, no, this statute is no good. If that's, in fact, how it's going to be used and that's how it's written, it's got to go because it violates separation of powers in the Illinois Constitution. That's it. Tom DeVore, uh, attorney for uh, a couple of individuals suing the governor for declaratory judgment. When's the when you filed that last week? Uh, when's there a hearing? Have you been uh, offered that uh, that opportunity yet? No, not yet. I mean, Mr. Perticchio, who's the attorney, uh, uh, you know, works for the attorney general's office, who's a great man. We have a good working relationship. I let him know that I filed it. I, I imagine he will be inquiring with the governor's office of whether he will be able to accept service 
of that summons or whether or not I'll have to have the governor served. So I'm waiting to hear back from Mr. Berticchio in that regard. And we've got the case with Foxfire Wednesday, uh, and uh, we've got the governor already saying that he wants the uh, the judge to reevaluate her decision to allow Foxfire's case to move forward or take it to the appellate court. So with, with all these twists and turns and the uh, possibility of the appeals court getting involved here and even a battle between the second and the seventh appellate courts uh, over the, just the Foxfire case, case how long do you think it's going to take for uh resolution to this i mean even the governor's uh, uh, you know attorneys have said that if you don't like what he's doing there's the next election that's not till november 2022 tom you know you know what greg i heard that and with all due respect i think mr kincaid made that argument i laughed about that and, and again i like he's a great guy too that's the most absurd proposition i've heard in a long in this whole issue you don't you as the people don't have to wait for redress through an election if, in fact, it's true that the governor is exceeding his authority. If it's true, the courts are exactly where that's supposed to happen. And you can't merely say that the courts, because of the separation of powers, can't intervene where the executive branch is exceeding its authority. Because if the, if the, if the executive branch is exceeding the authority of the legislative branch— we only have the executive or the uh, judicial branch to intervene. Otherwise, you have chaos. And so that was absurd. And they're trying to argue now that, the, and again, I, I've talked to, to Mr. Earl quite a bit. They're great guys. They're trying to argue mootness now. That's ridiculous, too. If the public interest exception to the mootness doctrine doesn't apply in this case, it, never, it would never apply at all. So they're not going to get anywhere with that. Uh, and ultimately, the governor, in my opinion, has overplayed his hand. He's kind of continue to push this executive fiat for so long that the courts that gave him some deference, which, again, I respectfully believe was inappropriate when they gave him deference last fall. Uh, I think that deference is going to find itself wanting here real soon, which is a good thing for the people. Tom DeVore will uh, stay connected on this as we watch this case progress. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time and laying out the legal arguments here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Take care. See you, Greg. Bye.